Hello, B2B marketers. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast, where we help new B2B marketers look good at work every day. We offer tangible marketing advice, help boost your confidence in your skills, and give you access to the best minds in the industry. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard, and this week I chatted with the founder of School of Thought, Tom Geary, specialist in marketing for businesses who focus on environment, equity, and diversity. We have an important conversation about how to stand out with your messaging and with your ads. Tom provides a framework of how to get people to care about what you're marketing, how to make an impact with a small budget, and he offers many examples of how to get people's attention. This is an important conversation for every marketer, regardless of industry or specialty. It's all about how to get your audience to care. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. Tom and I were really getting into the conversation before we started recording. So I just want to cut everything. I had a bunch of questions, but we're going to forget about that. Tom, what were you just telling me? What was I just telling you? No, I, I think we were talking about our favorite old fashioned recipes. No, we weren't. <laughs> we were. I was just saying that, you know, we've always been passionate about bringing the best communication style, the best, you know, making people care about things. And it's easier to do that when you're talking about things that actually matter, social impact, diversity and equity, sustainability, all these things. And, and most of the, the work in the category, you know, if you take a look at solar ads, every single solar ad has got a picture of a sun. It's just not going to stand out. Nothing distinctive. And, and we're talking a little bit about about sustainability. And, you know, if you're lecturing at people, that's never going to work, you know? And so, so why not use humor as a way to sort of cut through the clutter, disarm people and actually get them to then pay attention to the message. You know, you've, you've got to get the first, you have to get their attention before you can communicate. I had a client who was, he was a CMO at Volvo. And he said, he goes, if you're, if you're talking too much, which I am right now, but if you're talking too much, it's just information. It's not communication. And, and oh. so, that, so that I thought was just a great point. And I, I, I just try and live it, you know, whenever I can. Oh, I love that. And the reason for everyone listening while we're talking about this is I was telling Tom how I was going through all of their commercials on YouTube, which I'll link in the comments below. So you guys can access them as well. And I particularly liked the, the commercials that had comedy in them. And I think what we had discussed was like, usually when people are talking about sustainability or being green or having, you know, environmental impact, they're kind of just trying to shove it down your throat. And what Tom just said, it's more like we have to really focus on communication. And what you guys work on is really bringing in the best practices in marketing and applying it to really important, you know, issues. Right. So I, I grew up in Berkeley, which is, you know, the famous world's most liberal city and, and so forth. And the, the kind of the joke in Berkeley, of course, people are born hugging trees and yada, yada. Um, Wait, you don't hug trees? No, no, not only like every other Wednesday. <laughs> but 
that's not the challenge, right? We, we don't need to communicate to other like-minded people. We need to, you know, in Berkeley, they're already recycling. They don't need, you know, they don't need us to remind them about recycling. So, so that's not the issue. How do we communicate with people who are dissimilar, who, who did not grow up in Berkeley? So, for example, the, in San Francisco, about a third of the people are transplants, people who move from, you know, the Midwest or Toronto or other great places and find themselves in, in San Francisco, which is great. But many of those people may have come from areas where recycling was not the norm, as is the case in Berkeley, California. And so, so that was the issue. We had about a third of the residents who didn't weren't familiar with, with composting and recycling. And we had to have to get this top of mind. So exactly to your point, Laura, a lecture wasn't going to work. So we used a bunch of humor to kind of get people and, and have some fun. You know, we were like reminding them that you spent 15 minutes waiting for a pretentious pour over coffee, you know. At, uh, you you can find the time to compost. We we said you know either you know in a city famous for its hills we said either you know start recycling or we're going to add more hills. And the, this really quirky one was in San Francisco. There are no cemeteries because the land was long ago deemed to be too too precious because it's so small on the peninsula. And so so we had this outdoor billboard said. If we can't bury grandma here, we certainly can't handle your coffee cups, you know? So it was totally quirky, totally like, what the hell did I just see? But it got people's attention, you know? And we we branded them in green for composting and blue for recycling. And we had like 50 of them and we did them bilingual and all sorts of things. That was a nod to your Quebec roots. Um, <laughs> but no, it, you know, it, it's fun to come up with work like that, that makes people stop in their tracks and yeah, they're going to laugh, but then they're going to be disarmed and they're not, they're going to forget that they're looking at an ad that has a purpose. And, and we strategically did it that way, but it was also a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. For you guys, of course. Yeah. For us. So if we can just like dissect that into like three things, every business needs to know about communication. I think one of them is disarming the audience. And yeah, exactly right. You, you, you have to presume disinterest is another mm -hmm. point I would make, you know, on the wall of our offices, we've got this giant sign that says make them care. Mm -hmm. So th that's really your first trick. You have got to stop people and make them care about whatever you're talking about, you know. I think you that's have, misinterpreted though, I mean, right? Because make them care. You can like hit them and be like, care about this. No, no, exactly. But, but if you, uh, I mean it more from a perspective of presume that they don't care. Oh, okay. You know, and, and then you're, then you're going to start in a, in a better place. So, you know, for example, you know, we're both interested in this topic, but others might not be. And mm -hmm. so, so if we presume that they're not interested in the topic, how can we make our discussion of interest to them? Not, I didn't, I didn't transpose that particularly well, but, but if you're a business owner, you're of course passionate about your wares or your offering or your service. You know, you get out, you've, you've long hours, 60 hour weeks, passionate about what you do. The, the problem is, is that not everybody shares that passion. You know, I, I go into presentations sometimes 
and the the clients are looking not at the ad but the like the legal copy and i'm just thinking to myself what the hell are you doing nobody's ever going to get to the legal copy but they have they're so excited you know mm-hmm. sitting there in their conference room that they've they've devoured the the ad they've they've looked at the copy they've like hugged it a couple times and now they're on to the legal copy which you know they have a an artificially raised sort of sense of self which is it's understandable they're passionate about their their software in the cloud solution or whatever it is but nobody else is that interested and so you have to kind of be the jaded consumer that you are at home you know i hate advertising personally in general everyone does yeah because so most of it sucks most of it does suck right yeah. so be that you know when you're marketing your own stuff be the skeptical consumer that you are at home binge watching past fast forwarding stuff on the dvr you know be that jaded skeptic rather than being the really eager beaver that you are at work because your audience is not so making them care is super important the second thing i would say is you know add some stopping power you've got to get people's attention you've just got to shake them up is that usually done with comedy or are there other tactics no we you know we did we did a story about a woman who you know basically it doesn't matter so long as it's the motion you know like if i can make them laugh i'll make them laugh if i can make mm-hmm. them cry i'll make them cry we just have to have some kind of reaction otherwise we almost wasted everybody's time and energy mm-hmm. you know your 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 job is not to have a communication your job is to have a reaction in the mind of your audience and so that's what we really want to do i mean as an example we did a video about a woman who wanted to become a developer and she'd always kind of been you know pushed aside by the the company there were i think two female developers on a crew of 100 right so 98 guys two two females just ridiculous underrepresentation and so she finally gets a chance to become a developer and she actually goes to this coding school in Seattle she leaves her 2 year old with her husband in portland which is about 300 miles away and so she's actually going for the week she's away from the family and then on the weekend she drives back so it was this crazy arduous story and we heard about it and you know it was this tear jerking amazing story of this woman who was going through all these amazing sacrifices to better her life to fulfill a dream and at the end of it the clients were bawling we were all bawling when we you know finished the film and it's it's a good film but it's a great film because of her story and we were able to tell you we were fortunate enough to be able to do a pretty good job telling the story but it's also a great example of the importance of showing rather than telling like you can talk about diversity but why not demonstrate it you know there's way too much check in the boxes people like oh yeah diversity is very important no diversity is really important when it's authentic and it's going to backfire in your face as it should if you're doing it for the wrong reasons so you know diversity and equity is really important but show it don't tell it i love that so i just want to summarize the three points you said is presumed disinterest have like a stopping power so some kind of emotion 
and then show rather than tell. Yeah, that if people can can follow some of those things, their communication will be far more effective. I love that. So what if there are some brands that come to you and you have this amazing idea on how to promote or get people's attention, basically? And the idea has comedy in it, for example. But they come back to you and they say, that's not on brand for us. Happens all the time. Okay, so how do you approach that? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, we have, uh, you know, I've got, I've got whatever, like whatever the equivalent of, you know, graveyards full of ideas and campaigns and things that have long, you know, died a painful death that it's just, it kind of breaks my heart. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. Yeah, I would love that. So about seven years ago, Charles Schwab, the big financial company came to us and they said, we've got a Golden Globe um, sponsorship and we have a commercial. And, you know, we, we, we have a, a space for a commercial and it's going to reach, you know, I don't know, 700 million people, whatever the Golden Globes audience is pretty big. And, you know, we're not exactly sure, sure what we want to do. And, and so we are competing against this really famous, massive agency, very hot at the time, probably the best in the country, in the U.S. And so we did some research and this is seven years ago, well before Harvey Weinstein and so forth. And, and so we said, hey, it's filmmaking. It's about creativity. And we started looking into Hollywood and we said, there is a real problem with equity in Hollywood. Women, you know, age out, women are treated poorly, all these roles. And so Reese Witherspoon at the time had not become like the juggernaut that she is now. She had kind of stopped acting much. She just done the movie Wild. And it was kind of her first independent movie as a, as a producer. And so we said, why don't you guys like quit selling stocks for a minute and do a campaign about female empowerment? And, you know, their tagline is own your tomorrow. And so we said, why don't we make it something like, you know, hashtag she owns it. And so do a story about, you know, about filmmaking and females in Hollywood starting to, to take their place as they really should, you know, in leadership. And and how it's a problem, how there, there hasn't been good representation and so forth. And they didn't go for it. And they, you know, they ended up coming up, uh, sticking with one of their ads for, you know, selling cheap stock transactions or whatever it was. And, and that happens all the time, you know, and it breaks my heart because this was before, you know, the fearless girl statue was placed in Wall Street. This is before Me Too, all, all of the the terrible things that have gone on. And, you know, they could have been one of the first brands to really show some leadership when it comes to equity and, and diversity. And, and, they, and they didn't. And it, It's not part of their know, brand. What's that? <laughs> not part of their brand. Well, I'm sure it is now. I'm sure well, they're like, they're like, they oh, hopped please. on board. <laughs> they, yeah, it, of course. Yeah. And, and it, it, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to like throw anybody under the bus. It's easy to say no to things, you know, it's scary to take risks, mm -hmm. but I mean, 
why not? Why not go for it? You know, if, if I would say to most marketing directors, you know, you're going to have a career that's going to be N number of years. At the end of the day, what do you want to be able to look back and say you accomplished? You know, mm -hmm. do you really want to have another transactional ad or do you want to have something where you actually stood up for, for the disenfranchised or for social impact or for whatever? I'm just curious as we're talking about this is more of like the process behind all these ideas. So businesses might be listening to this right now and they're like, oh, we have such a small team or we don't have a big budget. How can you still make the impact that we're talking about with limited resources? It's mm, a good question. I was handling a big chunk when I was working for a big agency. I was handling like a hundred million dollars worth of Microsoft business. And you think like, oh, wow, you, you must have an army to handle that kind of account. And you don't, you don't really need it. You need like a handful of people. It's not that hard to make a difference. If mm -hmm. you, if you just, it, it does take a lot of energy. You know, I'm not going to lie. I've been doing this a long time and I come up with a hundred ideas and, you know, you just have to kind of go through the process, but one should not feel like you need to have, you know, dozens of people and millions of dollars to pull something off. Coming up with, you know, come up with with ads that that take a stand that are striking and, you know, you're you'll be a lot more effective and your dollars, you know, you can if you have a mediocre ad that's kind of vanilla, mm -hmm. you're not going to make an impression. And, yeah. and whereas if you're, you know, if you has something that's a little edgier, maybe to be polarizing, but you'll get more shares. You'll get, you know, you're going to have the, the pass along, the viral nature, like that Turkish Airlines commercial uh, that you did the podcast about. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Did um, you go watch it? Yes, sure. And I mean, I was already familiar with it. But yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of things like that as well. You know, we did something for Microsoft that got a 50 or 60 million views organically. And, and it's hard to pull that off, you, you know, but you only uh, get there by trying these things. That's the biggest thing that businesses have to consider is like, yeah, you can do things like buy the book and just like copy paste what you think everyone else is doing. But it's the moment when you try something different that you're like, oh, you see the possibilities. Yeah. Well, when I, on the, the Microsoft thing I was talking about, it's mm -hmm. actually... Wikipedia, it's called Miss Dewey. There were, at the time, there were 6,500 people in marketing at Microsoft. 6,500 people in marketing. And, you know, that's talk about overkill. But, but can't um, imagine they're a sauna. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's true. The, you know, nine screens for everybody. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. But so it was like you talked about it was kind of bureaucratic. I mean, I had a meeting, a client meeting once with 45 people. In a, in a conference room that was like, you know, from Austin Powers, you know, Dr. <laughs> no, this giant, you know, giant conference room with, with 100 people in it. But it doesn't have to be that way. And so this one project that we got was one person who had some guts who basically ignored the rules, ignored the process, and just went for it. And we ended up getting 60 million views and like a, thousands of press articles and, you know, enormous success. And it was such a success that the chief marketing officer of Microsoft said, we're going to have a boot camp where we all talk about the lessons of this. And I think the lessons 
after three hours were try more things and take more risks. You know? <laughs> That's so how you do the, it. <laughs> you don't have to be the CMO of Microsoft uh, to have learned that valuable uh, lesson. Yeah, I think I think if anyone takes anything from this conversation, it's to take a little bit more risks and to be a little clear in your communication. But other than that, before we finish off our interview, is there something else that you want the audience to walk away from this interview? Well, I think, you know, we were talking about risk-taking. There are risks and there are risks. You know, for example, if you work for a car company, you know, if you're Rivian or Ford or General Motors, it costs like a billion dollars to come out with a new car. That is a risk. That is a capital R risk, (laughs) you know? But coming up with an ad or coming up with a message for your new software release, that's not a risk, not in the big scheme of things, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're getting kind of paralyzed by a risk, you know, it's not, the reality is, is that one's marketing risks are really not that should not be that big a deal in the big scheme of things. That would be my takeaway. So no harm in trying more things and going for it. Actually, one more point. Think about stocks. You know, like I didn't start investing at all until I was like 30 or something. But, but once I kind of finally got the hang of it, I, you know, somewhere along the line, I learned, okay, you have some conservative stock investments, some kind of middle of the road stuff and some flyers, you know, mm-hmm. 10%, I would just go nuts on. And there's no harm in having that approach to your marketing, right? You can do the safe thing, the SEO, you can, all the obvious, the usual suspects here and here, you know, the programs you did last year, but why not take 10% of your budget? Microsoft actually does this, not 10%, but like 3%. Take five or 10% and just try some things and just say, what the hell, let's go for it. Because some of those things are going to pay off enormously. That's a great framework to work with. I love that. Well, thank you. I wish my stocks had had paid (laughs) off as well, but, but I think it's, I think the model. The model works in other situations. Exactly. The model works (laughs) reasonably well. Well, Tom, this was awesome. Just before we leave, let everyone know where they can reach you. Prison. But <laughs> also, no, I'm uh, School of Thought is our agency. And so schoolofthought.com or there's this thing called email and it's come, kind of coming around. Tom at schoolofthought.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Tom. And we'll definitely keep in touch. Laura, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Now comes the fun part. Subscribe to the Marketing Bound podcast to catch every single episode and make sure to leave a review so we can take the show to the next level.